Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We are live on a Thursday, and it is your host, Addison. Welcome to a brand new edition of From the Jump, episode 105 of From the Jump. And if this is your first time listening, I want to say thank you for streaming the episode. Thank you for streaming the podcast. We are streaming on all digital platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartMedia, Stitcher, Podbean, Deezer, Podmedia, pod world wherever podcasts are distributed and or where you can stream music at you definitely can find us definitely just hit us up on that search bar and from the jump and definitely leave us a review also we definitely have a new addition to the podcast so i need everybody to be clear no matter what platform you are listening to this podcast on if you want to call into the show and leave a message there is a link at the bottom of the show so whenever you listen to this podcast and you pull up in the description where you know typically has what the episode is typically about, there is a link where you can press and you will be able to call into the show. Literally, we just got this set up. It's been out there for a couple of weeks. I haven't really announced it yet, but you can literally call into the show and leave me messages. You can leave a reply. Maybe you disagree with something I said. So this is a new feature that we are adding to the podcast. As again, as I said, more things will be unveiled as the year goes on, but this is a new feature. So on Spotify, on Apple, Wherever you're listening to this at right now, you can literally go on there and leave me a message. And every week, if you, you know, whoever leaves me a message first, I'm going to play the first message. And we'll play it like that, whether or not you disagree with it and or you just want to talk about the show and or you want to, you know, just kind of give you two cents on whatever it is that I talked about last. Definitely don't hesitate to hit that button. But of course, enough of the pleasantries, enough of the talks. You know, we got to hop straight into it. And of course, you know, this week, you know, has been a, has been a, has been a juicy sports week. I, I might add, it's been it's been a heavy sports week. And of course, you know, we got to start off with the NFLPA. But of course, starting off today's show, and that is with the NFL. Now, of course, the NFL and the NFL Players Association Union is moving a step by step closer to coming to labor peace. Now, Wednesday, it was reported that the NFL PA will be sending the new CBA to a, a pool of players. And this pool of players, I think, consists of 2,000 players. And of course, if they can get 2,000 to agree to the deal, then it'll go into effect this year. Now, of course, they have been, you know, countless going back and forth about this new deal. And in, included in the new deal is a 17-game regular season, an increase in players' share of total revenue to up to at least 48%. Of course, the playoffs will be expanding to 14 teams, and that will be beginning effective immediately in 2020. Now, of course, the owners have agreed to remove the 250 cap, which initially was the cap basically by them saying if by us adding a 17th game, nobody will make more than 250,000. So ultimately, right then and there, the players are like, uh-uh, can't do it. And if, you know, if I'm a player, as we've all have seen, I'm saying no to that as well. But as I said, when the owners came back with the new deal, they basically said, okay, we're going to remove the $250,000 cap. So that means that the game check for the existing contracts of everybody that was on that team will, you know, remain the same ultimately. Um, and as I said, the, the owners want to get this done before March 18th, you know, which is the, you know, basically the start of the new year. This is when the free agency opens up. So of course, you know, the NFL owners, you know, business wise, but also just as a union, they want to get their side done. Now, you know, if you're an NFL player right now, of course, listening to this podcast, I'm one of those people. I mean, again, that 17th game, while there's, of course, a cash incentive, of course, money always, you know, can boost, you know, decisions. At the end of the day, you got to think about your health. And at the end of the day, we're already playing three preseason games. So if you're a guy that's making the roster, you made the 53-man roster. Now you come into the season, you're playing 17 games. Not to mention on top of that, the playoffs. If you're a team 
like the Pittsburgh Steelers, New England Patriots, you know, one of those teams, New Orleans Saints that are competing every year. You're playing 20-something-odd football game seasons. And as a player, in your mind, that's a lot of football to think about. Again, college football players at this point are basically playing, what, 14, 15-game seasons. You know, they start in August, basically end in January. So, I mean, again, I, I, it's, it's football, right? It's, it's a man's game, and I understand the, the brutality of it. But if you're a player, you got to think of the long-term impact. And sometimes money ain't always the incentive. So, as I said, the, the NFL owners are all in on this. And again, what it looks like is if, you know, basically the players are saying, we'll play a 17 game if you can guarantee fully, uh, uh, you know, a game check. And the owners basically said, okay, cool, we'll get, you know, guarantee a game check. So, you know, we're willing to see what the players decide on. We've seen, you know, countless of players have come out publicly and, you know, have spoken out against this deal. But again, at the NFL PA and NFL, you know, owners, they ultimately want to come to a deal. Nobody wants to business-wise be at odds. However, and this is a strong however, that 2,000-player pool is going to be very important because if it comes back, you know, 60, 40 guys saying no, then this thing could actually linger on and then we could be potentially talking about a lockout kind of situation or guys sitting out, not playing because of a deal not being done. So again, this situation could get very, very dicey for the NFL PA and also for the NFL owners if they don't come to a deal. But of course, keeping with the NFL, of course, the NFL this week is holding their NFL combine in Indianapolis, Indiana. And of course, presumptuous number one pick Joe Burrow says that he actually would play for the Cincinnati Bengals if they selected them. Now, of course, previously, Joe Burrow has kind of had mixed emotions. And again, on this podcast, we've been championing Joe Burrow. I love Joe Burrow, Joe Money, Joe Brady, whatever you want to call him again for a guy, you know, to have to transfer and then, you know, basically be the backup and then have to come in, prove himself and basically set the NCAA on fire, win the Heisman Trophy. I mean, this guy has a story. And so I always like the underdog kind of guys. And Joe Burrow, my guy. And in this case, you know, going to Cincinnati is a losing franchise. Now, here's what Joe Burrow had to say at the NFL Combine when speaking to the media in regards to being selected number one if Cincinnati was to take him. I'll play whoever for, for whoever drafts me. You know, I'm, I'm just not going to be presumptuous about, you know, what, what they want to do. I, it's a draft. You guys have been covering it for a long time. You never know what's going to happen. And again, after hearing what, what Joe Burrow said, of course, as he said, I'm, I'm like, I'm not going to play. The kid is from Ohio. He's from Cincinnati. But if, if you're Joe Burrow in this situation, right, and, 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 and I, and I want to be clear because the Cincinnati Bengals have not been a, a losing franchise. Have they not won a playoff game since 1991? Yes. Shout out to my boy Jamari. He is a huge Cincinnati Bengals fan. And of course, I'd be wrong if I didn't shout him out. Yes, I got to call you by your name, bro, because this is your team that I'm talking about. <laughs> but anyway, they had not had a playoff win since 1991. Again, Boomer Esiason, Andy Dalton, Carson Palmer have all been solid quarterbacks. Solid quarterbacks. But at the end of the day, if you could get out there and get a guy like Joe Burrow, who threw for over 60 touchdowns in the NCAA, who didn't really throw a lot of interceptions, who had to prove himself. So this isn't a a, a guy who has been a three-year starter. This has been a guy who had to prove himself, has had to grind his way to the top. So you're getting a guy who's hungry, who wants to play football. If you can somehow, some way, figure out that relationship situation with A.J. Green and bring him back into the fold, I mean, again, in, in, in the AFC North, you have to have a franchise quarterback. Am I lying? I mean, when you're looking around, Lamar Jackson isn't going anywhere. Baker Mayfield isn't going anywhere. 
and the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to try to ride Ben Roethlisberger out to ultimately the tires fall off, right? To a New England-like situation. Like that New England had to ride Tom Brady until Brady is no longer the guy. That's what they're doing with Ben Roethlisberger. Which, side note, Brady still is the guy, just not for New England. But again, that's another topic for another day. But in this situation, they're going to ride Ben Roethlisberger. So if you're if you're the Cincinnati Bengals, you have no other option but to take Joe Burrow in this situation. And I know they're going to evaluate Tua Tagovailoa. And I, I love Tua's game. I really do. And I think he's going to be great. However, I don't think Tua will be great for the Cincinnati Bengals. He's already kind of basically said he kind of wants to play in a warm kind of climate type situation. So for me, when I look at the Cincinnati Bengals, there is no other option but to take Joe Burrow. But if you're Joe Burrow, you got to play your cards right. Don't play yourself and just think, okay, well, I know what I did in college. Because at the end of the day, we've seen teams like the New York Giants have their own hidden agenda and draft Daniel Jones when uh, maybe they should have went elsewhere. I'm not saying it was Dwayne Haskins should have been that pick, but was Daniel Jones really the best pick for the Giants? He's not going to participate in the combine, but he will participate in his pro day. And let the Cincinnati Bengals draft you and go play football. Because as I said, Boomer Esiason, Candy Arm, Andy Dalton, and Carson Palmer, like I said, have not been bad for the Cincinnati Bengals. They've won games. They've been to the playoff. Chad Johnson, they were relevant. It was a couple of years they ran into the New York Jets. So, again, the Cincinnati Bengals have not just been an irrelevant franchise. But what I will say is, looking at the for the next 10 years, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, and, you know, for the next three or four, however long Ben Roethlisberger can play, those three teams will be at the tops of the AFC North. So, again, if the Cincinnati Bengals, Mike Brown, and that organization really want to win and change the franchise, Zach Taylor, new head coach, you got to go out there and draft Joe Burrow. Also speaking this week at the NFL Combine is projected number two pick, Chase Young, in which he said that he also is the best player in this year's 2020 draft. Now, of course, hearing, you know, of course, Chase Young say those words, I mean, me personally, and I've had countless arguments with people I feel like Joe Burrow's the best, you know, of course, prospect in this draft. But I think, of course, best player, I, you, you got to go with Chase Young. I mean, this is a guy who has had to play behind Nick Bosa, you know, basically for two seasons. And every year that he's been at Ohio State, he's gotten better. Came in as a freshman, three and a half sacks. 2018 as a sophomore, ultimately splitting the field with Nick Bosa. Ten and a half sacks. And in this year, his NFL campaign season, he put up 16 and a half sacks. So this is a guy who has gotten better basically every year that he's been at Ohio State. And I, I believe he's only, you know, barely scratching the surface. I don't think we've seen the best of Chase Young. My only knock on Chase Young, again, you know, one of the guys that I, I've talked about and I, I've supported on the show, but my only knock on him is his motor. Does he have that motor every down? And I know in the NFL, you don't have to go hard every down. When I look at the greatest, when I look at the best defensive ends in the league right now, those guys have relentless motors. So that was my only knock on him is his motor. But other than that, I feel like this is one of the best players in this draft. So if you're Ron Rivera and the Washington Redskins at that number two pick, again, Ron Rivera is a defensive guy. Are they sold on Dwayne Haskins at this point? That I don't know. You know, of course, his comments earlier by, you know, him saying, or I believe was it yesterday or today, him saying, you know, of course, they'll be evaluating other quarterbacks, Tua and Joe. You know, those comments don't sit well, of course, with a starting quarterback. However, if you're Ron Rivera, Defensive guy, play for the 85 Bears. You got to go chase Young at this pick. But yes, sir, don't you move up next on From the Jump. We will talk Kobe Bryant's memorial, some of the highlights from the memorial. On today's edition of the wrap-up, we'll talk Maria Sharapova. Listen up. It's From the Jump. Can't guard me, I'm telling you. <laughs> Hello, son. 
Doing a little sporting, I see. Dad, not cool. You know it's not uncool? Old Spice After Hours. It whisks sweat away into the night with jazz. Dad, I prefer ultra smooth. It handles sweat without all that jazz. Let's settle this over a game Don't of... Don't say it. Don't say what? Horse. That's my boy. If you can still hear me, I hope you enjoyed Old Spice's new ad for the new Old Spice. But who am I kidding? Of course you did. Crazy, right? That's a tattoo, though. You want to get that? Hulu has live sports. Really? Yeah, it's in my contract. It's in the contract. Can we at least change the font? If you want to be sued. Well, what if it's coming out of a dragon's mouth? No. <sighs> exactly. No dragons, no mouths. None of that. We could do like a tough dolphin splashing yeah, like, out. How large? Uh, yeah. Oh. And how much are they paying you? Get that money. Hulu has live sports. Get that money. Hello, anchor fans. Like a real crazy eyebrow situation. First step is, of course, to be informed. He's a relevant guy. He's a smart guy. He means a lot to the organization. This is the Wolfman with Screams to Scream. That's right. Tom Hanks was on Bookish today. People are getting their entertainment, like you mentioned, in other places. That's definitely something to consider in the city. This is a whole new ball game. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. We are fresh off the advertisement break. And of course, it's your host, Addison. And this is episode 105 of From the Jump. We are streaming on all digital platforms, Spotify, iHeartMedia, Stitcher, Podbean, Deezer, wherever podcasts are distributed. That's where we are. Continue to keep looking at us and searching us and definitely keep leaving reviews and tell a friend to tell a friend. But of course, as we continue on with today's show, Steve Kerr says that he is doubtful that Steph Curry will return on Sunday. Now, of course, Steph Curry is set to return on Sunday against the Wizards and apparently the Golden State Warriors and Steph Curry are meeting today to decide whether or not it's best for Steph Curry to come back on Sunday. Now, of course, Steph Curry is rehabbing from a broken hand that he suffered, you know, early in October when Aaron Baines at the time, I believe, was playing for the Phoenix Suns, if I'm not mistaken, fell on his hand. Now, of course, he underwent surgery right after. And of course, that has kept him out for the four months. And again, I mean, at this point, we could use Steph Curry for sure. We're 12 and 47. I'm a Warriors fan. We're the last in the NBA. So again, we could use Steph Curry at this point. But, and then, and I've said it on this podcast. Of course, they shut Clay Thompson down. I believe it was a couple weeks or so ago. And I, I've been wanting to honestly publicly say, yo, if Curry is not 100% healthy, if Curry feels like this injury isn't all the way healed, but he feels that he can play, I just feel like he shouldn't play it. But I feel like if it's 100% healed and he's 100% healthy, then he should play. You know, he's a basketball player. He's an athlete. He's a competitor. You know, and most times as competitors, if you're 100% healthy, even if you're 75 to, you know, if you have a status to play, you're going to want to play. So, again, you know, in this situation with Steph Curry, you know, we have a guy who wants to play. And, you know, he hasn't really played really, in, you know, since that NBA final. So, again, Joe Laker, Bob Myers, you know, of course, that Golden State Warriors training staff who, you know, kind of been infamous, you know, infamously, you know, kind of has some took in a bad rep, you know, with the Kevin Durant situation is going to sit down today and they're going to meet. And hopefully, you know, within the next 24 hours, we shall hear a decision whether or not Steph Curry will be back 
playing for the Golden State Warriors. Of course, I'm sure he'll probably be on a minute restriction. But again, this will be a huge boost to a team. As I said, right now, we're dead last in the Pacific Division. Of course, just everybody else right now just feels like they're better than us. And I just feel like this is just like a year to, hey, this is just a lost year for the Golden State Warriors. But as I said, Steph Curry is close to returning. And, and, and hopefully, you know, the next time we have a podcast, I'll be talking about Steph Curry back on the court. But the Golden State Warriors and Steph Curry will be meeting today to decide whether or not he should be playing for the rest of the season. The NCAA has instituted a new rule basically stating that they have a two-minute instant replay limit. Now, of course, the NCAA is making this change that will be implemented this year on the 2020 season. Now, of course, this is coming from the Football Rules Committee that met this week in Indianapolis, which is a lot going on in Indianapolis. Of course, they got the NFL Combine. Of course, they had the College Football uh, Rules Committee that was meeting this week. And basically, what came from that meeting was if you get to the two-minute you know, mark in reviewing a replay are saying that if you're not at two minutes... If you're at the two minute mark and you don't have an answer, it's time to let the play stand and not continue the process out. You know, we all have seen seven, eight minute instant replay value, right? Like, and, and, and on most of the instant replays, if the play is conclusive, aka if the play needs to be overturned, it's going to be overturned. There are obvious calls that have to happen, but a lot of the times the calls aren't as obvious. And when it's not as obvious, it shouldn't take three or four minutes just for it to be a call stance. And again, I, I like this rule that the NCAA is implementing. And, and again, it, it basically distracts and it ultimately stops people from faking injuries and ultimately from plays lingering on. I mean, giving, you know, teams advantages to be able to construct plays when, okay, it could be whether or not did he step out of bounds or did he not step out of bounds. We don't need five or six minutes to figure out whether or not his foot is on the line or not. You can either see his foot on the line or his foot wasn't on the line. Brian's memorial took place on Monday to publicly memorialize Kobe Bryant. Of course, it was on ESPN, ABC. It was pretty much on every possible news station, of course, on Sports Station. It was live streamed on YouTube. So pretty much you can go find this if you did not get a chance to see Kobe Bryant's public memorial. Now, of course, uh, there were a plethora of speakers, some to mention Michael Jordan, Vanessa Bryant, Shaq, Diana Taurasi, Gino, Ariema, Rob Palenka, just to name a few. Now, here were some of the sound clips and sound bites from that memorial on Monday. Kobe somehow knew where I was at all times, specifically when I was late to his games. He would worry about me if I wasn't in my seat at the start of, the, of each game and would ask security where I was at the first timeout of the first quarter. And my smart ass would tell him that he wasn't going to drop 81 points within the first 10 minutes of the game. Kobe was my dear friend. He was like a little brother. Everyone always wanted to talk about the comparisons between he and I. I'll have to look at another crime meme for the next. <laughs> I told my wife I wasn't going to do this because I didn't want to see that for the next three or four years. Now, of course, the, you know, that memorial on Monday, I did not watch the entire memorial in itself. Of course, I kind of watched certain clips of it. And again, everything that was talked about or reiterated in that memorial kind of was, again, the, kind of a celebration of life of Kobe Bryant. And then, of course, you know, there were some stories in there about Gianna as well. And of course, as I said, I think that the star of the show, I believe, was Vanessa Bryant. You know, her just, you know, elaborating on her love for Kobe Bryant, their relationship. And then, of course, you know, the the, the relationship with her and her daughter, of course, it was just it was just heartbreaking. It was just tough 
tough to hear. But again, you know, this was kind of, again, publicly for everybody that was, a, you know, a Kobe fan that didn't get to attend their private funeral that they had, I believe, was a couple weeks back. You know, this was this was for everybody. And I think I'm not going to say this was closure, but I definitely think this was a step in the right direction for people, you know, in the grieving process. Because, again, you know, it kind of just happened tragically. And then again, you know, we've kind of had to slowly but surely hear the news. And again, you know, there's a lot of information that has not been revealed from this case. And again, I think today they were saying that the LAPD revealed some of the scenes and the remains from the, the site that happened on January 26th. And I don't know if they necessarily were supposed to do that. But again, as I said, um, you know, in regards to the memorial, like I said, I thought that it was, you know, of course, a great, a great ceremony. And again, you know, Kobe Bryant being memorialized publicly in Staples Center recently. The, you know, the last notable one was Nipsey Hussle. I believe before that it was Michael Jackson. So again, man, and this is just a, a huge, you know, honor, you know, being memorialized in Staples Center. So again, you know, like I said, we definitely want to send our, you know, our thoughts and our prayers, you know, out to the Bryant family and the rest of those family members, you know, that did lose their lives. Is that you? Little voice in my stomach? For this workout, I'm gonna need some delicious protein, AKA all natural Oberto beef jerky. Wait, aren't all jerkies the same? What? Jack Lynx has stuff like sodium erythabate. Do you wanna eat something you can't even spell? No, I do not. I'm still Oberto. Will a little heads up kill you? Oberto beef jerky. You get out what you put in. On today's edition of the wrap-up, Maria Sharapova decides to retire from the game of tennis after 19 years. Now, of course, Maria Sharapova's professional tennis career has come to an end. A 32-year-old Russian native, five-time Grand Slam champion, announced her decision earlier this week in an essay that she wrote in the Vanity Fair. Now, if we all remember, Maria Sharapova kind of burst onto the scene back in like early 2003, 2004. At the time, she was 17, I believe 18, beating the number one you know, ranked tennis woman in the world, Serena Williams at the time, to win the women's singles final. And then, of course, she went on to win five Grand Slam titles, two victories at the French Open. She ended up winning a silver medal at the U.S. Olympics, I'm sorry, the Summer Olympics in 2012 in London. And of course, she also won 36 world titles. Of course, she had plenty of endorsements, Avion, Tag, Nike, Hewer, just to name a few. And of course, she also was donned on Forbes top, you know, the highest female earning list for 10 straight years. Now, of course, Maria Sharapova's career also took a nasty turn. For the worst, if you will, back in 2016 when she tested positive for melatonin. Now, of course, basically she was saying that she was taking melatonin. Of course, I guess it was supposed to increase her blood flow. Or it was supposed to help her magnesium deficiency. Well, apparently they suspended her for two years. She ended up serving the 15-month suspension away from tennis. But she never really just returned to her former self. And at this point in her career, she's calling it quits. Now, of course, you know, between her retiring... And her coming back from that suspension, she only won one single tournament. Um, and of course, back in, you know, in the essay, you know, she kind of basically goes on to realize that the 2019 U.S. Open helped her realize that her tennis career was ultimately over. And again, and of course, Maria Sharapova, just like Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal, Serena Williams, Venus Williams, Coco Gaff, even to name a few now, you know, when you see those names on the bill, you know that it's going to be a show for the tennis world. And again, this is a huge, huge blow to the tennis world because Maria Sharapova, you know, outside of Serena Williams was kind of like that it girl in tennis was like kind of like that, almost like that other dominant force if you will, in the tennis game. And it just will not be the same without seeing Maria Sharapova's name upon the list. And again, she's 32 years old, so she could potentially come back, take a couple years off. But, you know, from what she wrote in the Vanity Fair, it says that she feels like 
her time is now. So again, shouts out to Maria Sharapova on the 19-year career. Of course, it is your host, Addison. This is episode 105 of From the Jump. We are streaming on all digital platforms, Spotify, Apple Media, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Podbean, Deezer, Wherever podcasts are distributed, that's where we are. So definitely keep tapping in. Tell a friend to tell a friend. It's your host. Follow me on all my social media at Addison Speaks. I definitely tap back in with everybody on there.